As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss and I'm joined by our Brooklyn Nets reporter, Alex Schiffer, who is in San Diego right now with the Nets. I don't understand why they're there, but whatever. I guess it's pretty there. It's cold in the Northeast right now. And we're going to talk about what we're looking for from the Nets this week with training camp starting, what's coming ahead. Is this the most underrated team of all time? Because we're not saying immediately that they're the greatest team of all time. That's the big question I want to know. But first, we're going to start with the Kyrie Irving situation. We don't know if he's vaccinated. Technically, we kind of assume he's not, but we don't really know. And that means that he might not be able to play in their home games in Brooklyn. Whatever. Who cares about trying to figure out that situation? Schiff, how have the Nets been talking about that potential huge issue? I think they have been talking about it by not trying to talk about it around us. Uh, Monday at Media Day, Kevin Durant was not he, – he said it's not going to be an issue and did not seem interested in elaborating on it. A lot of other players were saying, you know, it's Kyrie's decision, and that's that. And Steve Nash has said recently that he hasn't talked to Kyrie about it or um, – you know, and hasn't elaborated on, on it much either. Kyrie said on Monday when we talked to him over Zoom that he plans to release something when it's all addressed. Many people have interpreted that different ways to me, but I would just say that the, the Nets have tried to make it as, as much of a non-conversation as possible, which is obviously very hard given the hot-button issue uh, unvaccinated NBA players have been in the news this week. I always love when coaches say, I haven't had a chance to talk to the guy about it yet. Like this hasn't been an issue for a while. He's not, you're not the coach of the team and he's not a player on your team. Well, whatever. We know that Kyrie Irving is absolutely going to, or is not going to get vaccinated. One of those two things. So, all right, let's talk about the guys that we know are absolutely going to be playing all these games, assuming that they're not completely banged up like they were last year. Katie's pretty good. James Harden's pretty good. Joe Harris was good last year. And then if, there's a lot of change around there. And I guess what has been the most inter- interesting acquisition for this team in the offseason and how have they been kind of framing the way they're going to work within the roster? Yeah, I mean, 
see, I think it's really tough to kind of gauge who the biggest offseason acquisition is because I think there's a, a lot of guys have a, have a case for it. It's funny, you know, the way I was talking to some of the players uh, about the Nets offseason, like I was talking to Nick Claxton about this the other day, you know, the Nets have for the free agency period, like everybody else, where they get Patty Mills, DeAndre Bembry, uh, you know, they traded for Javon Carter uh, on draft night. And then obviously in September, you start to see the DeAndre Jordan trade and LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap. So it's almost like the Nets offseason has kind of been divided up into two, uh, two sections in a sense. I, I would argue that Patty Mills is the biggest offseason acquisition in that in the playoffs against Milwaukee, they did not have a lot of scoring around Durant as the injuries piled up. And he's just a veteran guy off the bench, championship winner, and a guy that can you know definitely give their second unit consistent scoring, which they obviously lacked last year. But LaMarcus Aldridge coming out of retirement after his heart issue with the Nets in April, you know, Paul Millsap, a, a guy that's played a lot of playoff games his career. I, I think that those are guys also that, you know, especially against a team like the Bucks, who they should see in the playoffs, uh, the way they like to score down low. I think that interior defense and, and some of those bigger bodies with, with experience uh, are going to come up huge as well. I mean, did they need that like experience? Because they have they have these three guys that have been leading teams to, the, to or I guess, not in Harden's case, the finals, but like guys that have been leading deep contending teams at the forefront. And then I guess they did have a bunch of vets kind of surrounding it. But this year it's like, I mean, Blake Griffin has certainly got experience. Patty Mills now brings experience. LMA does. But then there's also guys like Claxton and Bruce Brown that are kind of trying to break into the rotation. Like, do they need that veteran leadership in front of them still? It's a good question. I would argue it's more of a luxury than a necessity. But again, you kind of look around the NBA, especially with who they could see in terms of the Lakers, the Bucks, these teams that have a lot of firepower down the bench. And that's a definitely think where the Nets had a shortcoming last season, where the further down you got their bench, uh, you got with their bench, you know, the less experienced, the, the more limited guys were. And I think having some of those guys like Nick Clax and Bruce Brown be maybe your ninth and tenth man, then seventh and eighth could be the big could be a big difference in a playoff series more so than the regular season looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, so LaMarcus Aldridge is back, which is a pretty amazing story. They have a really interesting center rotation with Blake Griffin coming back, Nick Claxton, who's someone who a lot of people think can take a nice leap this year, maybe ends up being their best center by the end of the season. How do you see that shaking out? And I guess how has been how has LaMarcus been talking about his return uh, coming, you know, coming back from a heart issue, which obviously it's like pretty rare that guys come back once they retired because of that. 
Yeah, to, to start with LaMarcus, I asked Steve Nash the other day, I said, you know, how do you think he's looked physically? I mean, obviously it's early in camp, but, you know, we're talking about a guy that retired suddenly in April and then had to slowly build his way back to getting on a treadmill and working his way up from there in on-court workouts. Like, you know, what do you think? And he said, you know, I, I, I know where you're coming from. You know, I didn't really know what to expect, but I think the early returns have been good. He seems to be in decent shape and, and handling all that stuff well. You know, we, we talked a bit off, off uh, in the pre-show meeting about, you know, will there be limits on him or not? I'm, I, I'd like to think the Nets are going to be very cautious with him, given the way it went down last year with, you know, he's had a, a heart issue since his rookie year or uh, his first or second year in the league, I want to say. And uh, obviously him having an irregular heartbeat in April after years of already having issues there is very concerning. And he's, he kind of seemed to indicate when he retired that some of the things that doctors thought they knew about his heart turned out to not, that turned out to not be the case. So, um, you know, I, I think that he's going to definitely play and be a factor in their rotation, but I don't think you're going to see nights with him where he's going over 30, 35 minutes much, if at all. I, I think, you know, he'll be in the 25 to 30 range, if that, just based on uh, that. And, and then because of their center rotation, you know, they have so many different lineup possibilities. I talked to Joe Harris at camp yesterday and said, you know, if you guys use a lot of different lineups, because the options are endless. And he says, you know, we're kind of keeping it vanilla right now, but we'll get more into that. You know, I, I think it's definitely going to be the, the big three starting and then probably Joe Harris alongside them. And then there's that one other spot. I could see LaMarcus getting it. I could see Blake Griffin getting it. I could see Paul Millsap getting it. I could also just see them all rotating in matchup pending. But, you know, they, as you said, mentioned, mentioned with their center rotation, you know, Kevin Durant said today, he goes, you know, I think we have the potential to play really big and play really small if we wanted to. I mean, there's a hypothetical where you could have a lineup with like a guard out there if you don't want Kevin Durant bringing up the ball. And then Griffin, Millsap, and Aldridge all out there as floor spacers too because they can shoot threes in addition to playing down low. So I, I think all of them are going to play and play a decent amount, but I don't think that their minute – I think their minutes will fluctuate throughout the season. Maybe there's night where LaMarcus is again that 25 to 30 range. And Millsap's maybe more 15 to 20 and Griffin is somewhere in between and maybe it's a different order. So I, I think Nick Claxton's going to get minutes for sure. He was their best defender last year. He can handle the ball. He's in the final year of his contract. And I, I think that he is a big piece of what they do. And, and even, you know, uh, Steve Nash said this week that, you know, they still need him out there and he's going to be a factor. So I think that those three, the first three will definitely get the priority. And then Nick Claxton, um, probably gets mop-up duty, and maybe he's even in a closing lineup just given his versatility and switchability. You know, I completely forgot about Millsap. It's kind of crazy how much mid-30s depth they have on this team. But so you listed all these bigs, but I feel like their best big in the playoffs last year was Bruce Brown. You know, he was kind of like that offensive center, the you know, defensive point, and that, wor that works really well. I don't know if it's going to work on a nightly basis, but rather can work in those specific matchups and playoff series. But what do you think his role is on this team this year? I definitely think they're going to use him in the short role again, like they did last year, as you mentioned. I mean, he was extremely effective. Uh, Seth Partnow and I did a story during the, I think it was during the Celtics playoff series, actually, about how he's become as, as efficient of a roller as Jared Allen, some of these these legit bigs in the league. And I think I don't see, I don't see it changing because, you know, you talk about the personnel, like, you know, what I think what makes Bruce great in that position is that he he's in the short role, but he's also a guard 
with um with playmaking ability that allows him to get creative in that role if if the move is not to go to the basket and get to his floater you know we mentioned all their centers i mean if you use them in the short role with Millsap, Aldridge, or griffin you know they he, there's a lob threat there and there's also a guy open on the perimeter probably when he drives so i think that there's definitely uh, a role for him and again you know he's he's also a great on-ball defender i would argue that Again, like there, there's guys that will play ahead of him, but I, that doesn't mean that there's not a place for him in, in the rotation and, and getting minutes. So maybe he's not rolling as much as he needed to last year, given all the personnel issues they had. You know, they signed 28 different guys, a franchise record. But I definitely think we'll still see it out there for sure. All right, so we got a minute left here. What is, I guess, their 10-man rotation for the most part during the regular season? Yeah, so James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, uh, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Paul Millsap, Nick Claxton, and Bruce Brown, I think, would be my top 10 right now. And it would not stun me as a bit of a caveat to see uh, Cam Thomas get some minutes in there, their rookie from LSU, and maybe even Javon Carter and DeAndre Bembry, you know, a, a wing defender and a, a really good on-ball defender in Carter. Uh, given given the uh, the defense on this team. So I, I think that it's going to be 10, but it could rotate in and out as to who they use and who they don't, again, based on matchup, load management, et cetera. And the fact that I'm sure the big three is going to be available inconsistently throughout the year as it seemed to happen constantly throughout last season. So quickly, are the Nets the absolute juggernaut of the NBA right now? Or are they on a different plane? I think they're on a different plane, but I don't think they're, it's a private jet. What a metaphor by me. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think that the Lakers are up there. You know, I think, you know, the Nets have been very respectful this week in that the East goes through Milwaukee. The, the Bucks beat them. They won the whole thing. The East goes through Milwaukee. They've been very uh, conscious to go out of their way to mention that. So I, I think even though maybe on paper some would disagree, you know, I would put the Bucks, the Lakers, the Nets kind of in that top territory. You know, um, part of me wants to say Denver, but I'd like to see Jamal Murray come back from the ACL first. And, uh, and the Clippers kind of still need to prove it to me a little bit. So I think in terms – I think those three teams are kind of maybe a notch above some of the others, but they could have some company maybe depending upon how the, the season shakes out. All right, so not the Kings. Got it. Well, that's going to do it for oh, this episode. I, I missed them. Of the Daily Ding. That's Alex Schiffer. I'm Jared Weiss. Dave Dufour on the ones and twos for us. Make sure you are subscribed to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash ding to sign up there. Make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic NBA pod and make sure to have a great day. Schiff, take us out of here. I'm, uh, I'm bummed we missed each other. Me going to Boston and you being in New York City, it's like oh, we were two ships passing in the wind. But uh, I will see you soon, my guy. Looking forward to the season and, uh, and uh, seeing you along the way.